didgeridoo means it's time for the Australia News Desk. Here's two of the craziest guys we could find south of the equator. It's Steve Vischer and Grant McHaren from the Plain Crazy Down Under podcast. Yes, thank you, Courtney Miller. It is time for the Australia Desk on this wonderful autumn day here in Melbourne, Australia. And uh, I'll tell you what, Grant, not only is it wonderful weather, but it's also a long weekend. Yay. Yes, I'm a little hungover from Kit's birthday party last night. It was a lot of fun. But, you know, that doesn't get in the way of presenting the news. And boy, have we got some good stuff today. Absolutely. Well, uh, i tell you what, uh, did we predict this? I don't know whether we predicted this or not. But uh, let's talk about Red Q. Grant, who is or was Red Q? Red Q was the attempt by Qantas to create a premium low-cost carrier in Asia. They were going to be doing it out of Singapore, then they were going to be doing it with Malaysia. They are all getting hooked up, and the whole idea was that Red Q would fly premium-configured A320s all around Asia with flatbed seats, and everyone was wondering how on earth it was going to work because A320s don't exactly have the range. Anyone else doing low price uh, over long distances is usually um, using an A330. So uh, this was all supposed to be the big miracle that would cure all the ills of Qantas and allow them to resuscitate their international operations operation by having 49% control in a foreign controlled entity that would be happy to send all its profits back to Australia it was really odd it was an interesting uh, it was an interesting experiment i don't know that it's dead here but uh, certainly the proposed uh, linking up with uh, malaysia airlines has fallen through malaysia airlines doesn't think that's going to be a good strategy for them so my attitude to this has always been grand if, if qantas wants to go across to asia and set up a business there that uh, like you says brings dollars back to australia then uh, more power to them what uh, you know, what I wasn't uh, too comfortable with was the concept that they were going to shift the entire airline across to Asia and just have it operate as a satellite here in Australia. If that was their long-term uh, goal, then uh, I'm never going to be in favour of that. Yeah, no, none of us could see how on earth any money that they'd get back from it after they'd eventually have it set up and running would save Australia's international arm for Qantas. You know, it, it was farcical from the start. Uh, Joyce sold uh, the institutional investors on it. That was why they backed him at the uh, AGM. Honestly, mate, I just never saw this working. I always thought it was a big fat joke on their part and it's blowing up in their faces as many of us have been predicting it would. Uh, but of course, they haven't closed the door on it. Now they're going to look for someone else that they can partner with now that MAS has decided that no, they're not going to work with Qantas on this one. Yes, naturally, this has uh, been taken as a very good news uh, by the uh, Australian and International Pilots Association, the uh, union that represents uh, Qantas pilots, particularly the long haul guys. Uh, their vice president, Captain Richard Woodward, in a uh, press statement says that uh, Qantas pilots have said from the very start that the plan to divert much needed Australian resources into the pie in the sky venture in Southeast Asia was ridiculous and unfeasible uh, and he says in truth uh, confirmation of its failure should probably have come a lot sooner he goes on to say uh, a bit further down that he wants to assure uh, Alan Joyce the Qantas CEO that uh, despite the damage from last year's shutdown that uh, the pilots are 100% ready to work with him to rebuild the brand uh, and he further urges the uh, Qantas management team to uh, work with its staff to uh, get Qantas uh, back on track so uh, Let's hope that uh, a lot of those things happen. I think it'll be a good thing all round. Well, I tell you what, Grant, uh, that's not going to make Qantas management happy, but I tell you what, Grant, you never want to upset our Kiwi friends, and I think, uh, you know, they get a little musical when they're uh, when they're upset, and they're not very happy with Air New Zealand. Absolutely, yes, that's right. Air New Zealand frequent flyers uh, forced to bid for seats, says the New Zealand Herald. Uh, what's going on with that? Uh, I tell you, mate, they're asking why for sure over there. Looks like Air New Zealand are trying to make the most of uh, their frequent flyers converting their points for upgrades. Making it a little more difficult, you've got to actually go into an auction for the upgrades. So you say, I would bid 5,000 points for the upgrade, even though maybe it only needs 3,000, for example. 
And that way, if they've got seven people asking for it, they all um, go to the first, the top five, you know, that kind of thing. It's a way of um, introducing a bit of competition for the seats, and it's also a way of getting people to churn through their miles, which are, of course, a big liability for any airline. So if these people are now paying five, seven, ten thousand points instead of, say, three, then those people are churning through more, and uh, it reduces the liability. You know, it always strikes me, Grant, that frequent flyer points, uh, doesn't matter which airline it is, they're one of the most contentious issues that go around, almost more contentious even than bag fees. I know over here, in Australia, people are always jumping up and down on talk radio and in the opinion pieces in the paper and all that sort of stuff about uh, you know being screwed over by their frequent flyer schemes. Uh, this one seems interesting. Air New Zealand call their frequent flyer scheme air points, and um, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, talk over there across the Tasman about this. Uh, none of it positive. In fact, some people are saying that uh, it'll force people away from Air New Zealand and over to their opposition, uh, which I guess mainly is Qantas. But uh, I tell you what, uh, a lot of people are not happy with Qantas frequent flyer schemes either. So I don't know. I sometimes wonder whether it's really worth all the hassle. Well, the the uh, Kiwi frequent flyer system was pretty good in that it allowed you to do upgrades and that was seen by most as one of the best parts of it. Um, reward you for frequent flying by allowing you to upgrade to better seats when next you fly paying for economy. So you know, it's it's a good system. They seem to have made a change that has angered everyone because as the, uh, the frequent flyers say, uh, Air New Zealand's all about quality of service and looking after their people, especially their frequent flyers. And this just doesn't seem to be following that mantra. So looks like a bean counter may have made this decision rather than perhaps a customer perspective person I'm not sure but it has angered a lot of folks over there and it'll be very interesting to see how they deal with it. Air New Zealand actually put a statement out here saying that uh, the changes were made following a successful trial it says the program gives uh, all passengers the opportunity to upgrade on international flights where there are premium cabins. I don't know uh, Rob Fife before you go and uh, you know before you put on another one of those ghastly purple shirts that you like to wear perhaps you should uh, you know fix that mate come on don't don't upset Kiwis we don't like it when they're upset they start winning rugby games and stuff and that makes Australians upset <laughs> uh, mate you know the Kiwis are often winning rugby games yes Yes, well, you know, I am an authority on rugby. We all know that. <laughs> Yes, we all know about that one. So uh, moving right along to something else that's kind of contentious, and that's the dreaded <coughs> tanker topic. Yeah, you uh, know, it's funny. Uh, David uh, asked us if we were going to cover it this week, and I thought he might like to, but funny enough, he didn't want to cover a, uh, a tanker story this week. But thanks to our, uh, one of our Twitter followers here, Bill Kempthorne, who actually sent us the uh, link through to this grant, it looks like the uh, the Royal Australian Air Force is being offered a sixth A330 tanker from Airbus. Yeah, that's right, mate. It was the uh, the tanker that uh, Airbus made up to uh, put forward for the bid for the USAF's tanker project. They actually had a prototype hanging out, getting ready to go. And with it all falling through, that aircraft is now surplus to requirements and without too much effort can be converted across to the Aussie uh, multi-role tanker transport format. Interesting. Those aircraft are actually being converted. The five that we've got uh, coming to the Royal Australian Air Force and are going through trials uh, at the moment were actually converted up there in Brisbane by Qantas uh, Defence Services or QDS. Uh, they've already done four of them, with the fifth one being done now. Um, the case that Airbus puts forward here, and uh, you know, it, it actually, um, you know, it, it does make a bit of sense. Actually, uh, they're saying this aircraft would cost about two hundred million Australian dollars, but uh, would provide an extra twelve months' work for the two hundred people working up there at Qantas Defence uh, Services, which is a good thing. But also India. Uh, is part of the mix here too. Now, India are also evaluating uh, some new tankers at the moment, and the uh, the KC-30A is one of them, and it's going up against the Aleutian IL-78, the Midas. If uh, India decided to uh, go with the Airbus product, then uh, potentially some of that conversion work uh, could also come to uh, to Brisbane. So perhaps uh, if uh, the RAF did take them up on this offer, it would keep that facility in business long enough uh, that they could uh, then extend those services out to uh, India if uh, they made that choice. Mm, sounds like a pretty good uh, decision, but they've got about 
balance out the need for uh, spending $200 million to get another aircraft, whether they've got the space for it and whether they have the need and what, what is the benefit of operating a sixth aircraft. Well, of course, there's a great benefit, Grant. It means that they could have another one going to air shows for us to all ooh and ah over. Well, there you go, and hopefully get to climb through. Yeah, absolutely. Get a meteor ride on. There you go. That's your kind of meteor ride. Yeah, well, we actually pulled off a meteor ride this week, but uh, Team PCD went, but Grant and I didn't go. One of our mm-hmm. team went on a Blackhawk ride this week. Yeah, good old Anthony Crichton-Brown got to uh, have a Blackhawk ride over Sydney Harbour. Unfortunately, Steve and I were stuck down here in Melbourne and couldn't get up there for it, but he was conveniently located in Sydney, as normal, and, uh, yeah, jumped at the chance. Yes, lucky guy, lucky guy. You know, they should do more of those meteor rides down here in Melbourne, especially when we have such better weather than they do in Sydney. Ooh, and on that contentious note. <laughs> <laughs> that should get the hate mail coming, and I'm ready for it. Until next week, I'm Steve Fisher. And I'm still the smiling, sunny Grant McCarran. <laughs> Cheers, folks. Southern Skies. Online media.